Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, I need to be honest. I sat down to record the next week's worth of episodes, and I am in a headspace that it's proving to be a little difficult. And I felt like I should probably just record about what I'm going through right now, because one of the things that I think... I hope to always bring to the table is vulnerability and honesty. And it kind of felt dishonest to just keep going as if nothing can happen when I'm in a space that's really impacting my life. And I think that this time of year, it's probably affecting a lot of you. And so today I just want to talk a little bit about grief and not even necessarily the grief over a death, but grief over a loss. And and the reason why I say that is this is the time of year where we, if you're a parent, um, do a lot of sending off. And whether that is a kindergartner or a preschooler going to school for the first time, or a parent sending a child to the military, or for us, it was sending my first daughter to college. I think it's something that we don't talk about a lot. And I've talked about grief before, but one of the things I notice about grief, and even if it's a grief over somebody that you were incredibly close to, there seems to be like a socially acceptable amount of time that you're allowed to grieve, or even a certain way that you're expected to grieve. And if you go outside those norms, then it's really difficult. People don't know what to do with it. And Um, And I don't even, I say the term norms very loosely because I don't think it's normal. I don't think it's normal to be grieving and to just pretend like everything's fine. I don't think it's normal to be grieving and just stuff it down. Um, I think the more normal thing would be the way that God created us to do is actually grieve, to actually mourn. And so I thought it might be helpful to share a little bit of my experience and some of the scriptures that are really helping me in case you're in this similar place. And I think today might be a bonus episode. So if this is not a place where you're at, you can just skip it and go on to the rest of the week's content. But if you are in this place, um, I just pray that this blesses you and encourages you a little bit. Um, I'm going to be praying throughout the week for you. And um, I want you to know that in this process of grief, there is a certain aspect of God's character and nature that we can only find in this place. So I pray that this week um, you are blessed by this content. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I, too, was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. 
Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Today is a bonus episode that I'm including for those of you that are possibly going through some grief over sending off your children. Um, Or maybe you're even a student that is moving away for the first time or starting a new job in a new city or going to college for the first time. I think it's natural to grieve on both sides. And while there is this immense sense of joy, so whether you're sending a, a, a child to kindergarten or for us, it was sending our firstborn to college. It's such a unique experience because I feel like there is so much joy and pride over these adults that we were our whole job, our whole for the last two decades has been to raise these children to be healthy and independent and God loving and world changers. And then if you actually do a good job of that, they do that. And so um, when they actually leave, especially if you're connected to them deeply, there's a sorrow over that. There's a grief over that. And so it's one of those unique experiences in life that we have that I don't think we talk enough about. But this idea that you can hold both joy and sorrow at the same time. And for me, you know, while there was a shadow of that, whenever I've experienced um, the death of a family member or a friend that was a believer, you know, when a believer dies, you have joy that they're in heaven and you're going to see them again one day and then they're healed, but then also sorrow because you're going to miss them. And while we will say that we have joy over them going to heaven, in my experience, that's more of a, if I'm honest, it's more of something I say versus something I feel. I mostly feel sorrow. I mostly feel grief. I might say as a way to comfort myself, oh yeah, I'll see them again one day. But still, the main feeling in that scenario is, at least in my experience, what I felt is sorrow. Even if I say that, I still feel mostly sorrow. With this season, especially if your child is going to do something that that. Uh, they feel called to, or they're fulfilling their dreams, or this is the next step of something really exciting. Maybe they're doing a study abroad or whatever it is. Um, You are incredibly happy for them and proud of them. Like when your kid gets into their top school and it's a hard school to get in, you're so proud of them. My daughter is a valedictorian. I'm so proud of her. I'm so excited for her. Um, you know, even after the, after we dropped them off, they were planning, uh, you know, all sorts of fun things, going there at cornhole. And there was kids that had lightsabers that were playing on the lawn and, um, 
free cake pops, which she loves, and, you know, inflatables, and they're going to have a great time. They bring in puppies at finals. I mean, they're going to have a great time. And so there is this immense sense of joy and pride for them. But then also this other side is this deep ache as mothers. And I, and I think in our family, it hit all of us, but it, I think it hits the moms a, a little bit deeper. And I don't, please don't get mad at me if you're a dad. But um, even with my husband, compared to my husband, it's been so much harder on me. And um, I think part of that is because, you know, they are, they are flesh of our flesh. It, and, you know, there's this sense of part of my heart is walking around outside of my body. I always feel like that with my children. But in this sense, she's really, really far away. And I, I was saying to a friend this week, I feel like somebody cut one of my limbs off. And, you know, I, I keep thinking, I keep thinking back to my faith. And I keep thinking back to scripture and I keep thinking back to this relationship I have with God. And I keep thinking back to all of these times that I've read these words on the, on the page, but haven't quite understood it in, in such a way. And I want to bring you back to that place because I think that's really what has helped me through these last, um, couple of days. The other day when I, um, it was the day before we dropped her off. I was walking into my kitchen and I noticed it was beautiful and bright and sunny, but it was also raining. And I thought, boy, that's, that's, I mean, it does happen sometimes, but it was just striking to me how bright and sunny and clear it was, but it was also raining. So much so that I walked out under our deck and I looked up to the sky and I thought, well, surely there's going to be a rainbow. And of course there was. And I remember just like sitting there in the rain and the Holy Spirit said two, two things can happen at once. The rain doesn't mean that it's not sunny and the sunshine doesn't mean that it's not raining. And at that intersection, there's a really beautiful moment where we can recognize you know, that's where the rainbow comes from. And that might sound cliche, but it is that intersection of sunshine and rain. It's the only place we find the rainbow. It's the, the, the opportunity for the sun to shine through the water. It's the only way that a rainbow is formed. And so there's a certain beauty and there's a certain aspect of God's nature and God's character that we only can find and experience in this unique moment, in these kinds of unique moments. And it's different than anything else we would experience. And I and I think I'm saying that because the temptation is to overlook those moments. The temptation is to just bury our pain and stuff it down and deny it. But instead, I want you to lean into it. Instead, I want you to cry the tears and experience the comfort of the Holy Spirit that happens when we process our emotions. And especially as we are thinking through these filters of both joy and sorrow, there's a special aspect of our relationship with God that we're only going to find in that place. And so um, I want to read for you Hebrews 12, verse 12, and think through this lens of what I'm saying. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. 
So if we think about Jesus in terms of Trinity, Jesus was fully God, was fully man. In the Trinity, God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus are one. So we're looking at this aspect of joy, knowing that what the outcome is going to produce, the joy of knowing that it's going to, this act of going to the cross is going to produce a reconciliation and a rescue plan between God and his people that the enemy can never destroy. That is the joy part. But also the flip side of that is enduring the cross. And, And I don't in any way, shape or form, I'm not saying that what we are going through is anywhere near as um, difficult as Jesus going to the cross. But what I am saying is that in a very immense way, Jesus knows what we're going through. And it perhaps it's our cross to bear. And um, I think one of the beautiful things about our relationship with Jesus is that because he was fully human, he experienced the emotions that we experience maybe in a different way, but he understands. And, you know, as I was, I'll be honest, as I was laying in my bed crying, you know, I I think progressively I've gotten better. Um, day one was kind of those like convulsion type of sobs. And then um, day two was kind of just more sobbing without the convulsions. Day three was weeping. And today so far, I've, I've not cried yet so far. I might have had some misty watery eyes, but I've not cried yet so far. Instead, I'm channeling uh, those emotions here. But um, as I was laying on my bed and I was just heartbroken over leaving her behind um, and also seeing my other children, my other two girls grieving and um, walking through this door to this next stage for our family. And our girls are, are all very close. Um, peeling our her sisters off of her so we could leave. Um, it was so hard. And as I was laying in my bed, the Holy Spirit said to me, I know what it's like to send a child. And it wasn't until that moment that I really understood John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And, you know, um, this podcast is called Hearing Jesus. Um, And I think different people, and of course, I believe in the Trinity. So I believe that Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are all one. But different people have different approaches to their relationships with God. And different people can connect with Jesus, but they don't necessarily feel like they can connect with God. And I think that's from the enemy. I think it's a barrier that uh, the enemy uses to keep people bound. But... Um, I think that is a really important aspect for us to help us to understand the heart of the father and the love of a, of the father. That as a parent, we we can kind of get that in a new way. That um, he knows what it's like to send a child. Whether you are sending them into battle or into a classroom or to a new city or to a new apartment or, or where, wherever they're going, he knows what it's like to send a child. And so I, I pray that that um, brings you a little bit of comfort. For me, it brought me comfort, but then it also made me cry because I was thinking about Jesus and, you know, I was a, I was a mess. Um, but there's also a certain aspect of allowing Jesus to be in that place with us as we mourn. 
when we were on campus, um, I don't know if you you follow me on social media or not. Um, if if not, if you go to the She Hears um, Hearing Jesus Instagram page, you'll see it. But there was a leaf that was on the ground in the gravel, and it was dry, but it had a couple drops of water on it. And at the time, it just struck me as beautiful, and so I took a picture of it. And it wasn't until I got home that night and I was looking through my pictures of the day that I realized that that leaf was both dry and wet at the same time. And I thought, man, this is such a clear example of how things can be two things at once. We can have joy and we can also have sorrow. And I think even in the midst of that, it's an understanding, you know, people will say joy is temporary and I'm sorry, happiness is temporary. Joy is eternal. Um, I, I think that is one of those key aspects that, that, um, that was such a visual representation for me that, um, there's an aspect of joy that remains no matter what. And, and our joy can be complete in Jesus, even though we live in this fallen world where there is deep pain. Um, our joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Our joy is dependent on the reconciliation eternally because of Jesus. Um, like the cross, there was a joy set before him so he could endure the cross. It's the same thing for us. There's a joy set before us that we can endure the cross that, that God has allowed in our lives. Um, and as I was driving home in the car, you know, we were all kind of weeping or sobbing, depending on whose turn it was at the time. Um, you know, it was one of the hardest drives ever for me. Um, either I was crying, or my husband was crying, or the girls were crying. But when we got home, I I recognized that I didn't love her any less because we were separated. And and what what the Holy Spirit brought to my mind was this verse that I've read my whole life, Romans eight thirty eight. For I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing distance cannot separate us from God's love. And just as much as I love my daughter, even though we are separated by miles and hours, nothing can separate her from my love as a parent, as a mother. She is my child. I love her. And I think about that in terms of our relationship with God. Nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing. And he's He's the perfect parent. He's so much better of a parent than we are. I get angry with her or I've you know yelled at her or I've you know judged her or whatever. He is a perfect parent. He loves us unconditionally despite our humanness and our sin and our disobedience to him sometimes and so what I want to leave you this and that what I want to leave you with is this and then I'm going to pray is um two things I think it's important that we heal in community and community can mean a lot of things um for me it was going to church in the morning and allowing myself to weep during worship um because there's a moment it's a holy moment when you are before your God on your face, being honest and open and experiencing and expressing your sorrow, because that is a moment where God can meet you in that pain. Because I say it all the time. I pray that he meets you where you are. He doesn't want to just meet you 
and the happy moments. He wants to meet you in those heart-wrenching moments because that's the, the place where he can work and you can know him in a different way than you know him on the day-to-day. And so that aspect is really important and being surrounded by a church family, a local body of believers. This is why I'm such a proponent of the local church being around other believers, other parents that have been through it. You know, I was ministered to by um, some of the other parents that have adult kids that are saying, okay, it's going to get better. And this is how, what you do. And this is how you should handle it. And um, there was so much value in that. That's part of discipleship. It's part of the reason why we need each other in the body of Christ. So healing happens in community. It also, you know, for me, I, I joined a, a parents group for the university that my daughter's at and just talking to different parents that are both going through it right now. And, have gone through it in the past and listening to their stories and, and hearing what helped them. And, um, that community piece, I think when we have this shared aspect of not feeling alone, that can be incredibly healing. So I would encourage you to seek out community. And then the second is actually a verse that I have quoted and given out to so many people over the years when they are grieving and I, my, my own grief just blocked it. And so, um, I want to read that over you and I want to pray that over you, but it's found in the Psalms. And I actually found it when I was Googling, um, how to deal with the grief over a child moving out or something like that. And one of the first things that came up was this verse. And I thought, oh my gosh, why did I go to Google instead of the Bible? I just wasn't thinking clearly. We don't think clearly when we're grieving. Um, but it's Psalm 34, 18. And I'm going to read it for you in a couple different versions. And I like doing that because I think sometimes if we're used to hearing something in a certain version and then we hear it in a different version, perhaps it helps our understanding or perhaps something, it's something that God can reveal. I'm going to read it in a couple different versions and then I'm going to pray it over you. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Lord Jehovah is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the meek in spirit. The Lord is near to them that are of a contrite heart and will save the lowly in spirit. The Lord is there to rescue all who are discouraged and have given up hope. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he delivers those whose spirit has been crushed. Yahweh is near to the broken heart, and he saves the bruised of spirit. 
The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those whose spirits are crushed. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He delivers those who are discouraged. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves those who have a crushed spirit. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Lord God, I pray right now for my friend that may have a broken heart whether it is college or kindergarten or the military or something in between. God, you know our hearts as parents and this unique grief and sorrow that comes alongside of these feelings of pride and excitement for them and this genuine space where we're holding two things at once. Lord, I pray that we would recognize that being brokenhearted is not a bad thing, that we would recognize that there's a special aspect of your character and nature and your presence that we can only find in that space. So Lord, help us to lean in, lean into the grief, lean into the sorrow, lean into the healing and the comfort that happens as you walk through that with us, Lord God. Your word says that blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And we know that um, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. So Lord God, I pray right now for the Holy Spirit, the comforter, to surround my friend today. To surround through your spirit. God, I, I thank you for the comfort that can only come from knowing you. Lord, I thank you that your word addresses these things and that we read over and over that you are close to the brokenhearted and you save those that are crushed in spirit. Lord God, I pray that we would be able to lay down our broken hearts and our crushed spirits before you and trust you to heal them, to redeem them, to restore them, and to be present in that brokenness. Lord God, I thank you that you always meet us where we're at, and today is no exception. So I pray that you would overwhelm my friend today with your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hang in there, friend. I'm praying for you. Hey, friends. If this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.